Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards interview podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And what, dear listeners, are the secrets to giving one? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I always want to play women who have inner crazy bees, I call it. Sure. And a lot of female parts are written where you're just kind of like the foil for the man's crazy bees. You're kind of like, what's going on in that head yes. of yours? And I wanted to play it like, what's going on in that head of yours? Because my head feels insane. <laughs> they were like, no callback. Are you glowing? <laughs> oh my god, I love that beginning. Can that be the beginning? <laughs> Welcome, listeners. Oh, no. we're, we're putting it in, whether you like really it or not. That way. I love it. Um, welcome to the Glow episode of Backstages in the Envelope podcast. Jamie. Hello. We were joined by Betty Gilpin today. Oh, I, I know. Talk about glowing. I am still glowing from this interview. Yeah. Totally. That was such a fun interview. Oh. And she's so funny. This is she's so funny. I knew she'd be funny. This I knew she'd be funny, but like also it's it's um she's kind of the ideal backstage interview because she's she's that perfect blend of still in the early career, playful, yeah. just starting off and excited about the industry phase, but she's also just gotten this huge launch with the being nominated for an Emmy Award. Yeah. For Netflix's right Glow. In- in the middle of the storm right now. Mm-hmm. And she's theater trained. I always love talking to the theater trained actors, of course. Yeah. And she was super knowledgeable about that. And also, like, a speci- we talked a lot about the specific part of, of that world, which is, like, clowning and theater of the absurd. And um, that makes sense if, you, if anyone's seen. I think any of her performances, I've seen her on stage as well. And there's this, I saw her in this very dark show, which I think we mentioned in the interview called I'm Going to Pray for You So Hard. But there's all this this darkness and there's this kind of grounded, believable aspect to her performances. But there's also something weird and zany and like quirky and unexpected. Yeah. I mean, that must be fun to play off against, I would have yeah. thought, someone who you never know what's going to come For come sure. Next. And it yeah. all feels like sheer honesty. And she's yeah. really good at communicating that. And it was also, for any actors listening who are <laughs> have ever been through an arduous audition process, which, let's face it, is most actors... Yeah, she had so many auditions as, and that happens for huge shows and like huge upcoming Netflix shows. This is Liz Flahive and Carly Mensch's show, um, yeah. and Betty's actually has a history with them on Nurse Jackie. We got into that too. The audition process is it's insane. Yeah, as she as she said, it's so insane. And there's also a hilarious story about how she found out that she got the role yes. <laughs> she booked the job at the same week that she got married. Yeah. So. <laughs> What fun. What fun. I do think this is a great interview for actors, but also for like those of us who are balancing a career and a personal life, which is most of us. Yeah, definitely. Especially before you can necessarily devote your entire life to mm. this one thing. You know, right. when you have to be a bit of a journeyman, you know. Um, yes, the journeyman. We're all about the journeyman here at this podcast. Journey lady. Yeah, she's a journey lady. She's a journey lady wrestler. Yeah, for those who don't know, GLOW is also, it was a real thing. So GLOW stands for the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it was its own show, and it's been its own documentary. However, Netflix's GLOW is a scripted show that's inspired by that, rather than like these people are not playing the real-life GLOW ladies. Yeah. They're inspired by them. It's a hilarious show. Yeah, it's and, brilliant. And wonderful and beautiful. And the costuming alone is just makes it worth watching. Yeah, the hairspray and the, the hairspray. makeup. And <laughs> Betty Gilpin, her the, her look like really suits itself well to like pink and shoulder pads and spandex and like 
Alison Brie, who plays the lead role, is also kind of of that era beautifully. And then Mark Marin, who's also on the show, he's got the grizzled, like, I've barely survived the 70s vibe to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, we got into it. It's such a great show to talk about. It's a show about acting. So, of course, there's plenty there. And can I say this is just one of my favorite interviews? Am I allowed to say that? Sure. I don't want to rank them. You said that a number of times, so it's meaningless at this point, but yeah. That's, <laughs> hey now, hey now, that is so true, that is so true. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. Uh, Betty Gilpin. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor, someone at the beginning of your artistic career, and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In the Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout, that's backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you want to be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe, enter the code ENVELOPE. Born to actor parents and inspired by the theater of the absurd at Fordham University in New York, Betty Gilpin is a performer full of surprises on both stage and screen. Her characters, whether in Nurse Jackie, Masters of Sex, or American Gods, are never quite as they first may appear. This is certainly true of Debbie Egan, her character on Netflix's ensemble comedy about female wrestlers in the 1980s, Glow a role that has earned Betty her first Primetime Emmy nomination. Here is our wonderful interview with Betty Gilpin. Yeah, that play was I'm Gonna Pray For You So Hard by Hallie Pfeiffer, um, and it was me and Reed Burney, Mm. uh, who I've known since I was a baby. He did plays with my parents uh, in the 80s. That was the first time where I felt like I was uh, allowed to be kind of like the most manic clown, Mm. crazy, theater of the absurd version of myself, and also Mm. like the darkest, Hemingwayist version of myself. Yeah. I mean, it was it was one of those plays where, like, on the subway home, I would have to be like, "It's just a play. It's just a play. It's just a play." Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah super actressy stuff. Totally. Take, like, no, that's I'm always fascinated to hear that part of the process when when you're that yeah immersed. Well, it's maybe unhealthy what we do. Like, it's <laughs> you're telling yeah. your body. You know, if you're doing a really emotional play or scene, you know, you're telling your body, there's an emergency. There's a bear in the room. There's a bear in the room. Like, Mm. something terrible is happening. And then you're like, just kidding. Okay, now we have to go to bed because we've got two shows tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) sometimes I feel like uh, my body is like uh, the or my brain is like a golden retriever in the back of the van that doesn't know it's on its way to the vet. It thinks it's going to the dog park. And you're like, get in the car. Here we go. Sorry, you're going to the vet. It's going to be a terrible day. But like, keep going to the vet, like like eight eight nights a week. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, yep. And why is it eight shows a week? I just feel like, let's do six. Can we all agree on six? Kristen Milioti sat exactly where you sat, said the exact same (laughs) She did? (laughs) Well, we talk about it a lot. Kristen is one of my best. Best, best, best friends. Oh, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you guys. That's, that's, I'm always really fascinated to see. Sometimes as an audience member, you can even see it during the curtain call because the curtain call is that transition where you yeah. have to start telling yourself it's just a play. Yes. Play. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you can see the actor drained or right. yes. kind of still in character almost and like fighting it or. Yeah. 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 It's a super, super weird thing to do. But then. It's also really unhealthy that you miss it. You're like, when can I be cruel to myself again? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because all of it is cathartic. I mean, it's all, it's literally like the job is catharsis. And yeah. so in a way that, that that can be therapeutic or that can help you as a person. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I 
also think, you know, I was raised by two actors mm-hmm. and I um I really took for granted that, you know, as an actor you you're constantly putting yourself in as many different uh perspective positions as possible. Mm. And I realized like now as an adult I'm I th- oh, my parents have thought about what it's like to be a warrior, a murderer, uh, mm. you know, and looking at life from all different sides and then sitting down to play with me um, with all of that perspective and humility and uh, superpower almost. Mm. Um, and uh, while sometimes it feels emotionally unhealthy to go to these crazy places, mm. I think it's also um, what a gift that we get to do that too. Okay. Uh, as long as we apply it to sort of positive output, you know, looking at different situations or, um, or, uh, you know, trying to connect with people instead of, you know, going, um, insane. Right. Like it kind of helps to be <laughs> with other humans if you're right. maybe playing a sociopath or a, yeah. Yeah. But also sometimes it feels like, uh, there's a wall down that should be up sometimes. Like, do you ever feel like we kind Mm. of excuse away? Because I think as actors, you get to know someone. So like if their brain is a house and you are doing a play with them, you get to know the attic, Mm. the downstairs bathroom, every part of it. Mm. And then, so sometimes I feel like when someone is... Uh, mistreating you or being insane, you're like, well, it's because of that thing oh that gosh. happened when they were sick. Like you, six years old, like you yeah. know them so well that you can explain away behavior that <laughs> if you work together in a cubicle, you'd be like, dude, yeah, <laughs> you're like being this an is asshole. professional. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But it's part of the job, right? To yeah. know that. Yes. Gosh. Yeah, it's super weird. It is weird, but I mean, it's it, it does you get varying degrees of that of the sense of the person's house, right? It depends on your chemistry with other people, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah, well, I guess you know, I maybe from theater school, you know, it's maybe from a light like up until you find your carny tribe i think mm. you're kind of like i'm the weird theater kid and mm. i can't wait to find the other ones and then when you do you're like let's get into it start at your hmm. childhood let's get to know each other uh you know it's like hmm. like i when we were rehearsing i'm gonna pray for you so hard we rehearsed at the atlantic space um uh, where the kids at the Atlantic Studio um, for NYU were oh, yeah. t- having their classes. And we, so I would, like, step over all these kids in the hallway <laughs> in pajamas, like, basically everyone making out, holding each other, like, crying, and just in that, like, emotional orgy that is yeah. theater school. And I was like, oh, oh, God, that was the time where you just can't help but mm. go all the way mentally with everybody. And... Mm. That was a lesson for me to learn after graduating that, you know, sometimes you do have to put up boundaries with people Yes, uh, mm. because it's also heartbreaking. Like you get to when you share a dressing room with someone uh, and you fall in love with them as a friend or whatever. And then and then the play's over and right. maybe your lives don't logistically work to see each other. Ever. Right. Um, it could happen. It's a business of saying goodbye to people. Uh, yeah. And then, like, running into people five years later at a play, <laughs> you're like, God, I, I guess I shouldn't have told you all those secrets I told right. you because we never saw each other again. Right. You're like, oh, I forgot how vulnerable I really was with right. this person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of the job, I guess. Yeah. There's no such thing as, like, it's very, it'd be very rare to, like, I guess if you're part of, like, a repertory company for for decades or something with someone. Right. But otherwise, as an actor. Yes. You meet someone and you work with them for X amount of time and then you move on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that's, you know, the kind of, like, mental, emotional uh, <laughs> orginess of being in mm. a play. I mistook that for the environment that should be on a set sometimes and I realized Uh oh actually there's so much going on on a set that uh, it's less important to like make sure the sound guy Mm. uh, doesn't hate me or uh, make sure you know I've like had 
five um, five crying conversations with every single one of my cast members. Actually, what I need to do is uh, protect myself a little bit and sort gotcha. of be a social worker on behalf of my creativity for that day. You know, Ooh. I think that uh, like Glow with so many women in the cast, if I had gotten that job when I was 19 Mm -hmm. I would have spent you know I would have been like it's summer camp again it's it's theater school Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know I think spent more energy trying to connect with everybody instead Mm -hmm. of uh, focusing on my work, I I am obsessed sure. with everyone, and we know each other so well, and we have a you know group text that's nonstop. <laughs> but I do. Wow. It was the first time you know I, I started the job when I was thirty, 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 uh, and. I don't know. I, I was grateful for that maturity of being able to be like, yeah. I'm going to go to my trailer before yeah. this scene that's emotional mm-hmm. instead of, mm. yeah, I don't know. Some walls can be helpful. Yeah. And a 19-year-old is not going to know how to put those up. Yeah, no, and I did not. Yeah. I definitely did not. Totally. I would definitely, I wasted so much time mm. on sets when I was in my 20s of trying, like, wasting the first three takes, making sure everyone thought I was likable, no one was mad at me, oh and gosh. auditioning for the same job, the job that I already had. And yeah, then by okay. the fourth take being like... Rather than doing the job. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's actually really good advice. I mean, we are, we're all about the... Our listeners are going to want to hear, especially those maybe who are new to being on set or, or right. new, you know, in the theater school age, age of their career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny you say that about being likable because I feel like off camera, yeah, you do have like the job of creating a community or like yeah. being a part of a community. Right. But first and foremost, you're there to do the on camera work. Right. Or the on stage work. Yes. Well, I think that. You know, theater school and starting in theater is both a blessing and a curse. I think mm. that for a film, the, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I think that or or an acting career. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, no. For a, no, I would say for being on a set. You know, yeah. I think that like the ocean of weird that you build in theater school that you can draw on for the rest of your life is completely <sighs> invaluable. It's amazing I love that. and so important. Um, but I do think it's. If you're lucky enough, the the environment in school or in a great play mm. is it's so safe. It's very like back rubby whenever you're ready. Let's have the room be pin drop silent gotcha. and you start your monologue, you start your Hermia whenever you're ready and everything you do is beautiful and let's <laughs> now sit down and cry about how beautiful that was. Mm. Um, I mean, some programs are very cutthroat. Fordham Theater was definitely very oh. like kumbaya everything's perfect (laughs) yeah um and then going to like a law and order where they were like uh don't do that thing with your face and uh uh go grab a snack oh now oh shoot yeah i guess you're wait let's ask the star do you want to do your coverage first or second okay we're gonna do your wide shot first then three hours later we'll do your and you're like but what about do we want to talk about my childhood at all beforehand do we want to sing yeah Um, totally so i I, I think I also realized, like, oh, a set mm. is conducive to one kind of personality. Mm. Like, I would see people who were not as, who weren't great actors, perhaps, but they were just Absolutely. so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. 80% yeah, okay. of it. Gotcha. And yeah. it just, it annoyed me so much because I was like, I'm not comfortable. I right. I need a two and a half weeks of rehearsal mm. to get comfortable, mm-hmm. feel okay in this room, and then bring my d- ideas out, my weird journal ideas. ideas. Yeah, and like TV you have to do that on day ideas. one. Yeah, yeah totally. on a set. Yeah, maybe you get to do like a slightly different thing in a second take. Right, and it's just—is it—is this partly just because like uh, the sheer amount of people involved? Like, I guess on a on a set. It's not necessarily a number of people, but it's a number of different roles there. Like you said, the sound person is there and right. the cinematographer. And like, whereas in theater, it is just actor and director and yes. occasionally playwright and stage yeah, manager. Yeah, it's all about, I mean, you know, design is very important in, in plays too, but there's four mm-hmm. weeks where it's just about exactly the acting, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, again, so amazing to build that foundation of being able to think about... Um, the way a script works or a role works from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But 
I think a lesson I learned is, oh, I have to do all of that homework by myself gotcha. before I step on mm-hmm. stage or on set. Yeah. Um, Bring it all to the first take. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a lot of pressure. For sure. Um, yeah. But basically, it's whatever you need to do to feel comfortable. Like, I mm. I would sometimes, you know, the um, breaking a scene into, you know, objectives, and then there's this turn in the scene or this turn, that, <laughs> it just, I... I freak out with that. Like that becomes uh, just a set of hoops for me to jump through, and Not I'm like yeah. an Atticus Finch telenovela. Like then <laughs> I do this, and then I do this, and then I do this, um, <laughs> and I just become a sort of like flesh puppet robot. But mm. if I, so I just try and like journal as much as possible okay. as the character oh. and memorize my lines and not think about oh. the turns of the scene okay, too cool. much. That's your process. You have a set process. I do, I guess, but I also try and like mix it up. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I try to um so much of Fordham Theater was theater of the absurd. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of uh, Beckett and uh, I mean just all uh, we we did Endgame for like a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because um, uh, if you can do that, you can translate that into yeah, a lot of different. Yeah, it was really yeah. uh, helpful when my first audition was Gossip Girl, and I was like, "Does <laughs> Mackenzie have a hunchback? Because I could do that." <laughs> they were like, "Please take your teal movement pants and leave." Um, you didn't get the part. I did not. Okay. No. Well, another but thing that happened. Congratulations on the audition. Thank you so. much. <laughs> well, I think I got they. You know, I was like 19 auditioning for one of the girls on Gossip Girl, and mm-hmm. I got called back for one of the teachers. Oh. I think that's a thing that happens too with theater school. It's like you they teach you they instill gravitas in you, and then you oh. graduate, and you're especially for ladies. You know, you're auditioning for a part where they like want you to talk like this and be like, "Wait, I don't get it." What's the answer? And you're like, I don't get it. What's the answer? (laughs) You know, they don't want you to seem 30. They want you to seem 15. Uh And I think that sometimes theater training can instill a kind of grounded, older Mm. person within Mm -hmm. you that um, is not as marketable. Interesting. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it is more marketable in the theater world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, You know, it's if you're playing Ophelia, absolutely. But Mm. I think, and I I do think the newer uh, plays are sort of gravitating towards a more... uh, mumblecore, grounded, come as you are, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, doing a link later warm up before the right. play starts. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Which, so I think like it's important to take the ocean of weird and the theater of the absurd training, mm-hmm. but then keep uh, who you are also, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay. And bring that to that first take as well. Right, yeah. yeah. And definitely don't, like you said, don't do the thing of like, well, I need the two and a half hours of, I mean, the two and a half hours of prep and the two and a half weeks of rehearsal all right. before this first take. Right. When you have one line in a law and order scene. No, yeah. I mean, so the the journaling stuff in the prep for mm-hmm. me is just to fill my brain with the character's thoughts instead of, oh my God, that light is right there. And there's mm. four guys right there holding equipment and there's someone moving over there and someone's looking at their phone you know Hmm. when you go from the safety of a a black box where it's just like that there's Hmm. almost no you know maybe there's an old lady unwrapping a candy but other than that (laughs) it's it's just you and the text and Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you walk on a set and there's a hundred people who don't care at all (laughs) about your process sure 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 um yeah and and you gotta know that yeah. 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 And you might you'll probably be opposite a person, you know, I think starting out especially in New York, you probably do or I did, you know, you do a lot of guest stars on cop shows and doctor yeah. shows mm-hmm. where the person that you're doing a scene with has maybe done 8 seasons of the show. They're so comfortable, you know, yeah. like a Law and Order or something. Yeah. And they hmm. It's it's an advantage that they have that you don't. You're coming in 
you know, for a couple days having to do, you know, a crying scene or something crazy. And they're mm. they're at home. You know, they, they know everybody. Yeah. They're, they're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's you just have to kind of play the part of someone who's comfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's a double acting job. <laughs> yes, it totally is. Totally. Yeah. 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 And those people who have been eight seasons of a show, that's like the 0.1% of the acting community like right. it's that's a rare person yes so that's not a norm and someone right. stepping onto set for the first time has to know like Mariska Hargitay is her own person yeah like, there's no one like her right yes no one's going to be as comfortable in that situation as she totally is. yeah no and 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 definitely stepping onto a set like that you feel like uh everyone's got it figured out but you yeah um yeah. and or I did at least and you know, usually the guest stars on those shows have the emotional heavy lifting to do. Mm, you know, sure. the cop gets to ask what time, how long, <laughs> yeah. where were you? And you have to be like, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and and do it, you know, in two takes because mm-hmm. baby Marishka wants a latte. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh gosh. I actually like, because this is backstage... First of all, do you know back? Did you ever use backstage, or do you? I know backstage definitely. Yes, I did not use backstage, but I mm-hmm. am a big fan. Good, <laughs> good. Because um, I would actually love to hear more about the Gossip Girl audition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, so was that really truly the first time on camera, or certainly the first time of was, auditioning for something? Yeah, on one of my first auditions, um, and uh, yeah, I mean. Especially as a lady, mm. um, you know, I I was in school with no makeup, pajamas only, stoned all the time, uh, stringy hair, food on my face, just never thought about the, you gotcha. know, because it wasn't about that. It was no, about, right. you know, this play we're doing about birthing mm-hmm. a ball of light into Chernobyl level conditions, um, yeah. and the ocean of weird. Yeah, the ocean of weird. Uh, so when I I remember going to that audition in like a crazy. I used to dress. I, I dressed like a girl in theater school. It was like half yeah. <laughs> half hungover child, half fairy. Like uh-huh. <laughs> it was a lot of yeah. like sparkle and stains. <laughs> Um, and there's your memoir title, right Sparkle there. and Stains, <laughs> or my two Chihuahuas. Um, <laughs> uh, and the feedback was like, Ugh. "What were you wearing? You didn't what brush you? your hair." Oh God! Uh, and it's Gossip Girl too. Got, so yes, like... and and the and the hallway. I still have a picture of it somewhere. I walked oh. in, and the hallway was like thirty girls in full, full Real time. Housewives blowouts. Wow. I mean, girls that were 17 who were dressed like they were 45. Just, mm. you know. And so that moment must have been and like. heels and ducks better scurry. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> and I felt so out of my league. And it took me years to realize, gotcha. sadly, a blowout and doing your makeup Mm. It's it's so profoundly dumb, but yes. it is important when you're. I hate it. I hate it. I hate mm. it. The mm. world is slowly changing, but yes, it is. we still have to be like porn poodles, and Ooh. it sucks. Yeah, that is just <laughs> part of the nature of Hollywood. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Why did you take a picture? Because it was because that, like, it, there were so many, yeah, and you know oh my, my agents were like they're really excited about you for the and then I walked in and it was just a sea <laughs> of yeah see and that's why it's like this is why I love hearing these stories because like f- now theater trained actors who are walking onto a film audition or a TV audition for the first time right they <laughs> it's almost just helpful to hear like this process is really pretty isolating. Right. You kind of do have to do it on your own. Yeah. And you may feel so like the rug is pulled out from under you on that first day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. feel great about how you look. Like the appearances part. Yes. And I think a lot of 
you know, I am an actor because I'm a really sensitive person mm -hmm. and insecure and, uh, you know, I have depression and, but I think all of those things are windows into creativity. Mm -hmm. I don't want to change that. I mean, you know, I, depression's not a great thing, but I think having a connection to the whole world yeah. no, is a great thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that the process of auditioning and hearing no all the time, it's very tempting to put up Put, pull down steel doors in your brain to protect mm. yourself, but you're also pulling them down to things like creativity and being open and mm. that connection to the world. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful. You have to choose what, uh, you know, what boundaries you're going to put up to protect yourself, but not right. to cut yourself off from the thing that you love. Mm. Um, I guess for auditions, I would say the thing that took me forever to learn is no one wants you like to put away the character shoes don't buy a hundred teal and purple things buy one black thing and one white thing for the price of 10 teal and purple things okay gotcha <laughs> and yeah brush your Why hair Why teal <laughs> I, I i just my i had my my one of my best friends who is a gay man sat me down when i was 25 and he's like we need to put away the teals and the oh. purples and the scrunchies he okay. was like yeah. No more novelty items. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you have big boobs. Those are novelty oh, items. Okay. Megaphones. <laughs> no go. more. You can't wear any other ones. <laughs> totally. Okay. Gosh, so it's like this really a lot of balancing acts and just like the very basic job of being an actor. There's the balancing yeah. act of closing the steel doors, but opening certain steel doors. Yeah. But also this weird thing of like managing your own image where like you want to be able to express yourself and your creativity and be yourself. Right. But sometimes you do, you have to get a blowout yeah. as much as you may not want to. Yes, like, because people's imaginations mm. are non-existent. They're wow. like, she would have been great for the part. I just wish that she had straight hair or like curly hair. Totally You're something like, arbitrary You curl my hair then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, mm. you know, especially for TV, a lot of people that are making the decisions sometimes have nothing to do with mm. the arts they're you know they yeah. worked for a tech company and now they're producing a show right. or they're trying to prove that their job is important so they're like uh <gasps> i don't like her eyelashes you know Whoa. it's it's just oh my god it's so dumb i've never heard that wait that's awesome <laughs> i mean and like and brutally honest and revealing like there's someone in the room who's like, I'm going to make a point of maybe yeah. being a dick or maybe just like making a choice. Right. But it's kind of because they need to assert themselves in the room. Yeah. I mean, especially like, you know, when you're testing for something, a TV show, sometimes, or like a network pilot. I've yeah. done that only a couple times, but it's, you know, a, a full test is when it, you're auditioning for 20 people in the room and they're Gosh. the high level the ABC whatever mm -hmm. and then the casting people and the casting person's niece I mean mm -hmm. and so and then you leave the room and it's 20 people having a conversation about Gosh. why you're right or wrong mm -hmm. one Looking time at your headshot right yeah yeah yes and I, I mean it's just and saying God knows what yes <laughs> but the leg up you can have is being a good actor yes. you know yeah uh, I mean one time I tested for that show, um, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. Yes. And I was testing for, like, the crazy lesbian neighbor. <laughs> and it was me what a dream and... dream role. Yep, at last. Uh, <laughs> actually, it is my dream role. Um, it was me and three other girls, and uh, we were testing all day long in and out of this room with 20 people who weren't laughing or looking at us. I think they were all, like, mm. looking at their phones. It was crazy. No. And then... The ca we were sitting in the waiting room waiting to hear. The casting director came out, and she was like, okay, you can all go. Okay, me and the three other girls get in the elevator. Three of our phones ring. <gasps> Hello? Stay in the elevator. What? Oh, my God. The elevator doors open. The one girl whose phone oh didn't ring God. gets off and, like, looks back at us like, what? what's going? And elevator doors close. Oh we God. get back up. Like, they made us do it to her. It oh, was my God. in, we all burst into tears <gasps> in the elevator. Oh. We were like holding hands. <laughs> like, I can't believe that just happened. Oh, no. And none of us got the oh, part. <laughs> like, how great that you could have this moment of solidarity with people you're in competition yes. with. Oh, I mean, but I said. But the maturity that it takes to just be like, I'm sorry, could you leave? Yes. And the three of you could stay. Like, 
That's I know a very exactly. Thing. Yes, Ugh. insane. But you know, the solidarity is very important. Sure. I, Kristen Milioti, one of my best friends. <laughs> yes. I we know each other because. I've lost 10 trillion parts to her. Oh. My other best friend, Zoe Kazan, same thing. Aya Cash. I mean, all Mm -hmm. these girls, we, you know, I think particularly ladies where there's usually the girl part where you're all (sighs) trying to get that one part. I I am so grateful for the relationships that I have with people that I've cried over hearing they got the part mm. like these are my best best friends mm-hmm. um rather think, than feeling bitter or yes yeah. yeah once you realize you have no control over it it's all a big joke mm. yeah <laughs> yeah sure. there's such solidarity to be had yeah yeah and it's a way that's a way better choice than doing the like Ugh, she got the part yeah i think it's really easy to get bitter and angry mm. at the business and it's mm-hmm. just not a fun look. And to play the game of comparing. Yeah. Which is what we do, like, as humans. Yes, totally. Especially with social media. <gasps> yeah. Where you can, like, project yes. a certain level of, like, mm-hmm. success or whatever. Yeah, right. And that's not necessarily the truth or no something way. near it. But yeah, no. the point of it is to project it and to create that narrative and yes. it's like it's awkward I also don't understand that it's like it, the purpose of it is to project this sort of frozen credits role this is my permanent identity Ooh, yeah. when our job is to have a identity in flux totally. and be a Ongoing. transformer mm-hmm. uh, and chameleon and um, you know have things about ourselves that we don't like that we're looking at and Mm. i just don't i don't get the like this is the final product it's perfect yeah the end it really is like a credits roll yes yeah i'm literally writing that down because (laughs) it's genius um and all of this i this is all i definitely want to hear i gotta hear about how you got involved in glow and Mm -hmm. that like maybe audition process yeah but it sounds like we really are at a moment we really are at a moment in this industry where things are making baby steps Right. towards something resembling a change or at least a conversation about change about, you yeah. know, we're sort of getting there. Yep. And Glow is one of the shows at the forefront of that where it seems like... Yeah. <laughs> I just realized you wanna... this is right in my eyeline to you <laughs> yeah. and one eye has been looking at you here. I've got it. Here, I just <laughs> you look amazing. sit up. Thank you, you too. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, Glow is defiantly female. It's defiantly female-led mm-hmm. and making a, a point and then some about... There's not just the girl part, the right. one girl part. Right. If anything, there's the boy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> do, what do you remember about, like, what were your first impressions, or did you read the script at first? And Yeah, so um, the creators of GLOW, Liz Flayhive and Carly Minch, uh, worked on Nurse Jackie mm-hmm. with me, and that's how I knew them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I, I knew them as playwrights first. Okay, cool. Um, in New York, and we just had a bunch of mutual friends, mm-hmm. and... God, 10, over 10 years ago, uh, I um, did a workshop of a play that Liz wrote before Nurse Jackie. Um, And it was me and Edie Falco in the play. (laughs) And it was a week-long workshop. And I was like, this is it. I've made it. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to do this production next year. Um, And it went. I thought it went so well. I was so excited. And they didn't offer the part to me for Mm -hmm. the production. And I was... Sylvia Plath levels Ugh. of devastated, like no. I mean, just scre- like screaming why <sighs> to the sky. My husband was like, "What is happening?" Um, and that's that thing where you get so close and you feel like this is it. Yes, a turning point. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go back to that. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so then. I was like, then I got the audition for Nurse Jackie years later, and I was like, well, I'm not getting it because oh, I've done this. Happened. I did this thing with Edie and Liz, mm-hmm. and it was a no. So I'm going to walk mm-hmm. in that room, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we remember her. We didn't like her as an actor. And hmm. um, I auditioned and got it. And I remember Liz being like, oh, yeah, you just weren't right for that. Yeah. It's um, one of those things where it's like an arbitrary reason or like yes. a, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then. Uh, and Nurse Jackie was like, you know, 
they had changed showrunners in the season I got there, the fifth season, mm-hmm. um, from female to male showrunners. And oh. they were like, let's spice things up by writing a uh, <laughs> slutty doctor character. Oh, no! Who you see her aerial is before you see her face. She's constantly <gasps> having sex with people in the closet, and she's like, yes. so dumb. Uh-huh. And enter me. <laughs> um, and that was how the part was written at first. And I was, you know gravitas clown from theater school and Love i was it. like i'm gonna trojan horse this i'm gonna sneak in oh yeah i'm gonna wear all the things and take off my clothes and wear you know ah. full chris jenner makeup but i'm going to also be a person end game <laughs> i'm gonna do oh, theater yeah. of the absurd in Love this it. as well mm-hmm. um and they started to write for me in that way which was really gotcha. exciting so i think for glow they knew that I was a Barbie clown. Um, I still auditioned <laughs> six times for Glow. Oh, okay. But, yeah, they knew gotcha. that. Um, I think, you know, uh, so rambly today. Oh, that's fully, you're, like, fully on track. Okay, this great. So great. <laughs> Just, like, this pour boiling water on my face. Pure gold. What? It's amazing. Um, okay, great. Uh, uh, I, I think I, maybe everybody feels like this. As an actor that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's what you look like on the outside uh, and seem like to people, but then there's like this hidden scroll within you of Mm -hmm. being like, and this is who I really am Mm -hmm. and the parts I want to play. And that scroll is in a locked box and you like Mm -hmm. spend your career being like, I want to show you how to unlock this box because Mm -hmm. the scroll is so much better than the... Yeah, the package or that you're sure. seeing. Yeah, um, hmm. and I realized slowly that no one was ever gonna do that for me. Right. That um, you wanted it was someone my to open job. it, but it's yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think I think we all share this frustration when you see people do it so easily. Who are like, oh, here's my scroll. And have no shame about it and no, like, maybe it's not as special as I thought, Mm -hmm. so I won't share it. Instead, they're like, here's me. You're like, God, I wish I could do that. If only someone would, you know, write the perfect part for me so that I can show that part of myself. But that's Mm. probably never going to happen. So you need to work it in somehow. It's your job. Um, And if that means Trojan horsing it into a part that's maybe not necessarily... yeah to your liking yes i mean you know i'd say play the part or whatever but Mm -hmm. i definitely lost a lot of parts because i was looking to trojan horse it you know i always want to play women who have inner crazy bees i call it sure Mm -hmm. and a lot of female parts are written uh where you're just kind of like the foil for the man's crazy bees. You're kind of like, what's going on in that head of yours? And I wanted to play it like, what's going on in that head of yours? Because my head feels insane. (laughs) They were like, no callback. But when I did get the part, you know, so I ended up working maybe less, but in jobs that were very valuable to me because I was able to play the part as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And not lose the sense of the scroll. Almost. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think I tried for many years to, I was like, oh, I'll do the, I'll use the scroll, the inner scroll in mm-hmm. plays and in TV, I'm ju- I just want health insurance. Oh. And that didn't hmm. work out. Mm. People could, sm- can, they can smell it on you gotcha. when you're like, no, I'm, I'm quiet jargon girl in CSI. Please <laughs> cast me in this. Gotcha. Like, this isn't fitting. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the thing I was going to go back to uh, was Sylvia the Plath. Sylvia Plath. <laughs> Actually, the only time I've ever gotten fired oh. was for the Sylvia Plath musical workshop. <laughs> oh my god, that's a thing. Yes. Yep. I got fired after one day. Were you playing Sylvia Plath? Yeah. Girl. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I got fired. Wait, but it better to get fired after one day than after like the day before the show or something. Yeah, I mean it was like a three day workshop. Oh, so okay. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> Two days before the show. Wait, talk about getting fired. Oh my god, it was horrible. <laughs> you know, I have a I would say a coffee shop singing voice, not a mezzanine oh. singing oh, voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like dweeby dooby doo and not like <laughs> Like, it's just, I'm never going to, there's never going to be a pop belt that happens. Um, 
and they were doing this musical workshop. And they're like, they want you for Sylvia Plath. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's perfect. It was like rude, but correct. <laughs> um, and I said, you know, I don't, I'm not a singer. And in musical workshops, musical it's like, you got to sight read and do all this stuff that no way I could do. Mm. They're like, no, no, they want, they know what your voice is and they, they really want an actor who sings. Mm. Kiss of death. Never believe that. Mm. Um, and yeah, I. And you didn't go to musical theater training school. No. Right. So that no. right there is like. Mm. No. Yeah. And and the musical theater people are math wizards. Their brain yeah. works in a crazy, amazing, totally. very intimidating, fast way. Mm-hmm. My brain is, you know, <laughs> like a dead woman floating in pudding. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I, yeah, I did one day and mm. was so lost. Everyone else was like, do you want this now? Um, <gasps> and I was like, this no. <laughs> But, you know, the acting stuff, I was like, enter Sylvia. Um, and the director called me at the end of the day and was like, how do you think it's going? And I was like, you know, we got two more days. I think we can do it. She was like, I don't think you should come back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I was. And but I I remember I took a long walk with Aya Cash through Prospect uh-huh. Park and just sobbed. Ugh. And then the next day had coffee with Zoe Kazan oh and sobbed and <laughs> saw Kristen Milioti for dinner oh, and you're sobbed. Kidding. Those three? Yes. Oh those God. are my girls. That's so amazing. Um, and, you know, because they had all been there before in their own yeah, way. you need that. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was horrible. But is it true, true like, in life, like, the, the periods of, like, real trauma and real loss and real hardship are, mm-hmm. are you learn way more from those yes right? yeah and you also learn just how dumb it is and also <sighs> that the second you you know being in a play or auditioning for a thing it can feel like it's the whole world yeah and i think just putting it out of your brain and especially being in new york Mm. Walking into the street and and realizing, oh, none of these people care yeah. about that. Mm. L.A., everyone cares. Ooh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> That's why I love being in New York. Yeah, okay. Um, hmm. But no, I, you know, I've been working for 13 years mm-hmm. um, and had a ton. This is what I was going to go back to. Um, I was the second choice. I mean, yeah. so many, How many times. times. Totally. I test, like, for, I almost got the show Girls. I didn't mm-hmm. get it. Veep, Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. uh, Quantico. Mm. I mean, I, there was there's so many things where I was like, this is it. I, this is the montage of my life. It's going <sighs> to, interesting. I'm going to get this part. I've, they've written me, finally, a Gravitas Barbie clown. Okay. This is the, the way scroll. it's going to go. Oh, it's yeah. a no. Um, huh. <laughs> and, y- you know, even my most successful friends feel this way too. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a way of like my lunches with my friends who uh, are actors who work once every three years and my lunches with my like movie mm. star friends, they're mm. saying the exact same things. When's <sighs> it gonna happen for me? Right. It's it's the same. That's the so same. Crazy. Yeah. Um and usually the friend who works once every three years is happier. <laughs> There you go. That's a really good lesson for listeners yes. here, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so was Glow that same thing of like you're prepared, you're almost, this is just an onslaught of rejection. And so like, yeah. do you go through the same, it's almost like a Pavlovian thing of like, well, here I am on my, what did you say, six auditions? Yeah. So on your six, you can't help but think this is the same thing of like, this is it. This is the turning point. Here we go. Yeah. But also now anticipate the, I got runner up. Right. I mean, I think that I went into it thinking it just wasn't going to happen. Okay. Definitely. Hmm. Uh, Because, I don't know, it hadn't, not in a, oh, it's not going to happen. I know it. Like, Mm. in a way of, odds are, probably, it's going to be Selena Gomez's cat. Um, (laughs) Oh, the cat. The cat Mm. is very talented. Yeah. (laughs) That's where the trend is going these days. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I wanted to protect myself from the rejection of, because this is one that I wanted, you know, more than anything else. I also okay. tried to, 
audition for Ruth, the Allie Breeze character. Because uh-huh. I was like, I'm the I'm the nerd. I'm the theater girl. That's Absolutely. me. Yeah. And they were like, No, we're gonna have you audition for Debbie. I was like, God damn it, another. <laughs> You know, glamorous. Like, is she the Barbie friend? Um, oh, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm going to make her mentally mm. ill as well. Um, <laughs> fully, fully mentally. So, so much. So, I got to so get glad. into it. I'm so glad it's apparent. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you. Like season That's two. That's the highest compliment. You really? Can. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good. Um, so that really, it was like, that's the other question I had is like, was yeah. Debbie like yet another or was it the most, this is the scroll, this is the clown Barbie? Well, when they first told me, Liz and Carly told me, oh, we're writing this show about glow. And I Googled what glow mm-hmm. was. I was like, no, I want it so bad. <laughs> okay. Because it was Sounds so fun. women who looked like aging pop stars who were on the brink of a psychic break. Yeah, totally. That's me. Yeah, and in front of an audience, too. Yes, theater. Yes. And so much of... I watched the documentary Mm -hmm. about the original real Glow, Mm -hmm. and it's like a an allegory for what it feels like sometimes to be an actress, where, Mm. uh, especially when you have, you, you know tits the size of dead dogs where you're like (laughs) I think that I'm doing something so I'm using my five-year-old imagination and my 15-year-old dark journal self and I'm Mm. presenting it for you I'm presenting the scroll to you yeah and it's viewed by dudes as porn Mm mm-hmm like and it's male silly, gaze first and, as, yeah. and glow these mm. ladies were like this is a crazy imagination thing that we came up with this is yeah. like a, a weird tableau of good versus evil and all our weird <laughs> ideas and they were like take off your clothes <laughs> <laughs> and that totally. is i feel like that when i play a lawyer sometimes oh um, wow yeah 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 so i was like oh Ugh. man we could flip the script and do this and 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 you know, I wouldn't even have to Trojan horse it. I could be, mm. this is the scroll. Um, it's a Trojan horse of, a, of an idea. The glow itself yes, is yeah. a Trojan horse. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I just, wow. I was like, oh, Betty, don't, don't let your heart get broken by this. Mm. But I also loved the part so much mm-hmm. that, you know, I love acting which is such a lame thing to say um not at all but i i just love it and sometimes when you're not working as much an audition is when you get to act yes absolutely and i loved this part so much that i was like okay if this is the only time i get to live with this person mm. these six times yeah then Let's let her live for a second, and then we'll say mm. goodbye. Mm. Um, that saying the business of saying goodbye thing. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which is very, very painful. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you protect yourself too much that you don't let that person fully live inside you. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I did. I was like, I'm just going to be Debbie these times, and mm-hmm. then <laughs> I said goodbye to her um yeah because you gotta yes you have to yeah um you know i'll have to say goodbye to her someday oh yeah um nothing but, yeah lasts yes yeah yeah no we're all gonna die for sure yeah it's um, wild <laughs> yeah it's so crazy <laughs> i don't understand yeah it's a different topic yeah <laughs> you don't understand life or death i don't let me know if you have any questions all. yeah 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 <laughs> Like, why we don't all just walk around screaming all the time, like, at the top of our lungs <laughs> about the insane. possibility of dying at any moment yeah. is insane to me, well, truly. But I think being an actor, we get to, like, constantly have, like, a foot in the river of... <laughs> of death? Not of death, <laughs> oh. but that, like, A, it's all a big joke, and B, there's, mm. like, this magic underbelly to the whole world where we're all yeah. connected circus people who are crying and sh- in our bathrooms and Greek level screaming in our cars like we know the secret like yeah yeah we're not like put together mm. business people like right we have even Martha Stewart out. is like pounding her chest in yeah. her vestibule yeah ooh in her pants look at the vestibule the use of vestibule it's <laughs> <laughs> great people don't so use it enough great. they just walk right there <laughs> um, but my last audition for Glow was 
the Monday, Wednesday before my wedding. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, how interesting. And I had had this idea, you know, how did I you was pull like, that off? like, well, I don't know. But I, you know, I kept saying to myself throughout my 20s, I'll get married and have a baby and buy a house and move on with my life when I get the job. Mm. And it kept hmm. not happening. And I was like, I kept, you know, I think it's very easy as an actor to sort of put your life on hold and live as like treat today and this year and mm. this five years as the time where I'm going to scramble to get it all set up so that then I can continue my outside mm. life. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a saying, uh, never choose the business because it will never choose you. Like it's mm. never going to, like, I feel like the second I announced to the world, I'm actually just gonna get married and do all this stuff. I'm not gonna wait for right. the business to yes. catch up with me. That was when the business was like, okay, here's Glow. Yeah. Um, the literal week of my wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's tempting. It, it's always tempting <sighs> to be like, oh, I'm just gonna actually focus on, you know, being an actor and that yeah. bubble of the world instead of the thing that probably makes you a better actor, which is just being yeah, a living. person yeah. and going to a museum and calling your mom and <laughs> seeing a movie that has nothing to do with, I mean, yeah, or traveling or, you know. That all has to be part of the business of being an actor. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because then you'll just, you're you going to show up to play a lawyer and be like, I'm a lawyer. Right. That, and that you're like, no, sounds like you're thing. an actor. Yeah. Right. It sounds like you're an actor. Yeah. I want to hear a human. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it is ironic, of course, that it's the moment of you being like, defiantly, I am going to live my life regardless. Yes. And that's when, because it is almost that thing of the audition. If you reek of desperation, you're not yep. going to get the part. Mm -hmm. And so the moment you say, well, I don't actually need the part. Yeah. Is when you get the part. Yeah. Then the part's like, oh, we want you now. Yeah, which isn't always how it works, of course, but it's, it's often how people look back on their careers and see yes. that. Yeah. yeah, it also just makes for a happier life, you know. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And then you, when did you get the part? Like on the day of the wedding? <laughs> I got the part. No, okay. So I auditioned for it. The my last audition. Uh -huh. So I got married in Massachusetts. They had me fly to L.A. for my final audition on Monday. Uh huh. I auditioned, came back. And then the the Wednesday before, and you know, I had been like, I'm getting married this weekend. Please, you I almost said. was like, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've done everything so that many. I could do. Yeah. Um, hmm. And they were like, one more, fine, I'll go. Hmm. I went auditioned uh, with Allie Bree. We were like, what is happening? We want this so badly. <laughs> she <laughs> still hadn't booked it either. No, yeah. no, yeah. we were. We it was our second audition together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had. Fl I was shooting something in Toronto over the summer, and they had flown her to come wow. read with me in Toronto, which was my social anxiety nightmare. Um, yeah, I was like, you're being forced to come to Toronto to meet me. Oh God, I'm so sorry. You're so right. fancy. I'm not fancy. Uh. Um, uh, it's also in my mind. She never didn't have that part. Like she, right? I, wow, no, she, she had, had to audition. fight for it. Totally, it was yeah. amazing. She was amazing. It just she seems like incredible. it was created for her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, incredible. Um, but we, uh, yeah, the Wednesday before my wedding, <laughs> my f my dearest friends, Zoe was there, um, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of us. Basically, my type A friends planned my whole wedding for me and did everything, oh, and I wow. was just like a oh. mess on the ground. Um, oh, but they were all at my house in Massachusetts with my mom talking. I got the call from Liz and Carly. I went to the other room. They told me I got the part. I went back into the room ready to tell my closest friends and family this news, and my mom was like, you know, when I die, just put me out to sea, and I think, you know... Ultimately, life is a road. I was like, oh my God. Okay, maybe now's not the time. And then she finished. That was the moment. That that was like the moment. And then, and then she, there was a lull in the conversation. And I like <laughs> inhaled to say it. And my other friend was like, you know, when my grandpa died, it was kind of. Oh <laughs> and it went on for so long. Oh death, my God. Everyone telling their death stories. Death, death, death everywhere. With that like my so wedding funny. doilies all over the place. 
It was like an hour. You're talking about, yeah. And I start to cry because I'm thinking about the job. I'm like, I'm so excited. And my friend, like, Zoe puts her hand on my back. She's like, it's okay. Your mom's got a lot of time left. I was like, no. You don't. Oh, my God. That is so, that's a sitcom. Yes. It was, my life is a sitcom. And then, and then I was like, I, I got the part. They were like, what? Record scratch. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why didn't you say anything? I was like, you were all talking about dying. (laughs) Planning my wedding. Yeah. (laughs) That is so funny. And then I immediately forgot about it and married my husband. And had your life. Yes. Totally. Like, it was great. It wasn't until, like, two weeks after that I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. Because (laughs) it wasn't the best thing that happened to me that week. Amazing. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was... If you're doing your wedding being like, I can't wait to think about this, developing this part and like all of this. Yes. Yeah, come on. I mean, also, thank God I got it because that would have. That too. <laughs> I would have right. forgotten it also and okay. have it be the happiest week of my life yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, my husband was like, I was so scared you were going to walk down the aisle being like, I'm very excited for this, but I'm very devastated. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I think we have to wrap soon. Frick. Beep, um, beep, beep, beep. But. The Emmy, the thing that I haven't even <laughs> said anything about. I freaking, like, congratulations. Thank you so much. On your primetime Emmy nomination. Thanks. For, like, supporting actress in a comedy, which I'm going on the record as saying is the coolest category at the end. <laughs> Ooh. Because <laughs> just look at the people in it year after year. But this year, I mean, I can't. How do you the feel? same category as Laurie Metcalf I was going to say. Absurd. And it's like absurd. And, like, Megan Mullally and the women of SNL. Like, yeah. How, what, what? Yeah, what it's you, not okay. How do you... Um, <laughs> it's not okay. P.S. My friends and I, the other night, were, ca- like, dreamcasting Eva Van Hove's uh, West Side Story. And <laughs> oh. Laurie Metcalf, we cast as Anita. I don't care. Holy But cow. she's our Anita. Oh, my gosh. Michael Shannon is Tony. Bjork is Maria. Whoa. <laughs> That's so bizarre. It'll never happen. It's such a good thought. It shouldn't happen. Though. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't happen. They should <laughs> sure, get sure. all Puerto Rican people, but that was oh. our Evo Van Hove cast. Yep. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I'm so excited. <sighs> but, you know, I think if this had all happened when I was 19, I would be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doing cocaine with Regis Philbin on the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> like, I would just be like, what are you leaving? This is crazy. But now, I guess I just... I'm so excited. I know it's yeah. going to go away in one second. One second. Mm, yeah. There's a yeah. line of, you know, it's just, it, it's it's so temporary. I'm so mm. excited. But <laughs> I also, you know, I want to be playing Medea in the Berkshires when I'm 75. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, fully. Yeah. And the totally. second that I believe the business when it tells me the very loud, tempting thing that the things that are valuable about me as an actor are the things that are going to expire, mm. which is that part of the business, yep. um, is the, the, the day that I stop being happy and excited. I mean, mm. I'm mostly so excited about the getting to read the scroll part in this role. Yeah. I can't, mm. that's the part that I can't believe I get to do. I can't believe it. I never thought that this would happen. I never thought this would happen. Um, so being like <laughs> excited or disappointed about getting a statue for that thing <laughs> is so crazy to me because sure. already like, I've won the lottery. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited about the Emmys, but I, I, you know, I just, I can't believe I get to read the scroll. <laughs> yeah. That's fr- that's so beautiful, really. Yeah, well, the we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> that's on the scroll, too, I feel like. Yeah, yes. The scroll is, I mean, and the thing about the scroll, too, is it, it's not, it's not um, credits roll. Right. It's not the end. Exactly. Like it can, you can keep writing it, yes. right? Like it's totally. There's so much changes. blank space on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not. You can't play Medea right now. Like you right. kind of have yeah. to yeah. get a little yeah. more on the scroll or like different totally. stuff on the scroll. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the things that the scroll wants have nothing to do with <laughs> Instagram or blowouts yes. or comparing yourself uh, or being down on yourself. You know, yeah. it's like. It's all the things that you think would have nothing to do with this business. It's yeah. con- keeping, staying connected to the whole world and staying curious and feeding your brain. Yes. Which is so hard. That's 
spectacular advice for working actors. I can't thank you enough for every <laughs> pearl of wisdom that you've just dropped. I'm reeling. Um, any last, like, any parting words of for backstage listeners of this podcast? Oh, God. I mean, in what category? <laughs> um, you truly have covered it all. <laughs> I, I, I guess, like, stay in love with it. And the second you're not in love with it anymore, stop. I think, mm. like, in my class in school, it was half people who needed to wake up and half people who needed to calm down. Mm. I was definitely in the wake up category. Okay. Uh, hmm. But, you know, I think either give yourself a break or um, mm. kick yourself in the ass. <laughs> That's interesting, the binary of that. Yeah. And usually it's the like the people who need to calm down or the people who think they're the opposite and vice versa. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> like, facing... I do need to kick myself in the ass. And the people who yeah. are, need to wake up are like, I need to take a break. <laughs> there you go. Right. Do the opposite of what you think do you need opposite. to do. Do the opposite. Yeah. Okay. I like that too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Amazing. Betty Gilpin, thank you. Thank you so much. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In the Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire Jamie Muffet, and thank you to the team at Backstage the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rappaport, Rowan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope. Envelope.